water wells. So for water wells and all that goes with them, look for 307 Wildcat Well Service in the Country Bounty, and you too will have cool, clean water. Water, water. When it comes to your Wyoming outdoor bragging rights, everybody's got a different take. CNB Operations, Buckaroo Blades, and Sheridan Media are giving you the chance to show the world what you want to brag about in the Bragging Rights Photo Contest on Sheridan Media's contest page. You could win a $300 bone-handled hunting knife and sheet and be part of supporting Wyoming Outdoors because CNB Operations, your local John Deere dealer on Heartland Drive, will be donating $1,000 to the Wyoming Outdoors Federation to help make sure we keep our Wyoming Outdoors what it's always been. Hey, and this is cool too. Just by stopping in to CNB and dropping an entry into the box in the new Ranch and Home and Hardware Supply Store, you could win an amazing prize package, including a new chainsaw. So go to the SheridanMedia.com contest page, click on Bragging Rights, and upload your photo of anything hunting, fishing, camping, or hiking in Wyoming's great outdoors. And you could be the big winner of a $300 hunting knife from Buckaroo Blades. Everyone's story is different, but one thing is always true. Your trade-in is just as important to the equation as the new vehicle. Hi, this is Brad at Primary Motors, and we recently had a customer whose trade-in had been taken care of like it was part of the family and had sentimental attachment. We already had a local customer in mind, and they knew each other. Both of our customers were glad that they had come to Primary Motors that day. See us today at Primary Motors, 2305 Coffin Avenue, or online at primarymotors.com. This is Brad Walden with CNK Equipment and the Wyo West Warrior Foundation. We are honored to have with us today Lance Corporal Ray Hahn, United States Marine Corps. The veterans from the uh, more recent wars have so much trouble coming home because there really is no no downtime. Even when you're in the rear, you know, you're still like those guys that are cleaning out the toilets. They're like, what is he doing? There's, there's no time. You're always on edge. Let's take the time to support and appreciate America's veterans. How about a change in color and look for your home? Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. Our paint shop has so much to offer when it comes to painting. We have the latest in computer color matching with color choices or choose from over 2,000 colors in our color center. We are continuing our paint silk, so come on down and take advantage of the quality True Value and PPG paints. Great paint, great store. The Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Since 1892, open seven days a week. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whiting. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. There is snow in the forecast for the wee hour uh, hours of uh, tomorrow morning. We're talking around 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Those storms may begin tonight with a little bit of rain, so be careful. Head out a little early on your commute tomorrow morning. I know I'm going to. going to give myself about an extra half hour because, boy, those roads might get a little nasty out there. So joining me this morning is the chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and Captain Tom Ringley. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Floyd. Uh, you know, I, I, I consider us to be pretty lucky so far this fall because we haven't gotten the big, heavy snowfall that we usually get. Yeah, we've definitely uh, 
had a wonderful fall. We really I don't have. think anybody can complain about this weather. This year, a, a bit of an oddity in the state of Wyoming. We had a beautiful long spring, and now we've had this beautiful long fall. But inevitably, yeah. it's going to Winter's happen. coming. It's coming. Happy November. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least, at least we got all the way to November. Yes. Right. Uh, usually, you know, I can remember trick-or-treating in the snow as a kid. Now, I... I <sighs> I think this might be the stick around storm for the year. Um, I've looked at the temperatures that are coming up, uh, their best guesses anyhow, and it looks like it's not going to get above 65 for quite some time. So uh, this, this one might be here for good. Uh, we've also got another Halloween in the bag. When we look at uh, the overall night, how did actual Halloween night itself go? Halloween was a great night. Um, there was uh, no incidents whatsoever uh, involving the police department. Um, seemed like everybody was out having a good time, trick How or treating. Cool beautiful weather. Kids were able to, you know, stay out. So it's a little earlier on a school night on a Monday night. It's not the ideal one, but uh, as far as the police department, you know, most of the activities that we would be involved in, the, the the parties involving adults and alcohol consumption, occurred over the weekend. Yep. Uh, and it was it was a good, it was a normal weekend. I would say nothing out of the ordinary um, regarding. Uh, this holiday. That's fantastic. That's yeah. good news. Uh, we've kind of had a good year, uh, Captain. I mean, we had a great YO rodeo. Um, we had great parade. We we did, and it's a lot of it's down in the community. I think seeing the not seeing a lot of value in this pouring alcohol down people's throats anymore, um, but enjoying oneself in kind of, for lack of a better term, in a more classy manner. Yeah. Um, even yeah. on Halloween weekend, we only had one DUI. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Which, which is below average for a weekend. Usually we'd anticipate two or three. So everyone did a did a great job in, in getting the, where they need to go safely and get, getting home safely. And that's, you know, that's a reflection on what a, what a good community we have. Um, the main theme of last weekend was actually um, either involuntary commitments or people requesting to be transported to the hospital. I think we had six. Oh really? Those types of calls. So our, our guys were tied up um, quite a bit on on Saturday and Sunday, but there were no alcohol involved crashes and only one DUI. So good job to everyone, <laughs> Captain. We've talked about this a little bit before, and I know what we're hoping for. But have you seen the culture begin to shift? We were talking about that regarding like the Wyo Rodeo and the summer celebrations that back in the 70s, 80s, and probably much of the 90s, it was it was kind of about let's hang out with our buddies, let's get kind of messed up this weekend. But now that's not really the case. It's, I, I, it's more I, of like a family. I, I think a lot of it's attributed to the, um, to the retailers. Um, for example, there's a, there's a new establishment in town, I won't name it, but they've asked for very frequent walkthroughs from us. Really? Um, yeah. So people are reaching out to us, asking people, asking us to walk through, not the arrest people, but just to remind people um, that we're, we're around and, the, um, you know, if there, if there are any problems, that people relax and uh, focus on having a good time rather than engaging in any type of conflict. So the, the liquor dealers, um, for lack of a better term, have done, done a wonderful job um, in, in not over-serving and, and also helping keep the peace. Have you seen... <clears throat> the majority of the individuals who serve, have they taken tips training? Yeah, by ordinance, they have to. By ordinance, they have within, to. Within okay. a certain amount of time. And, and they've been really good about calling us and get, getting their people in. And um, we're in the process of approving uh, liquor license renewals. And they're, 
they most of them attach their uh, their uh, certification cards for their staff, and they're all up to date, and they're just doing a great job. That's fantastic to hear because that really does kind of change the yeah, environment. It's doesn't a team it? effort. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, we both said before, we, we have no desire to arrest our way out of a problem. We want to solve problems through um, collaboration and education. And you feel that. Uh, as a department, we're really seeing this kind of take place, so like really settle in. I think so. An indication, our, our DUIs are down as a whole. I, I know we discussed them um, a few shows ago, but even from the um, the prior, we, we measured uh, our data in 56-day increments because that's how long our shift rotations are. And so we just completed a 56-day rotation when teams rotate from days to nights and nights to days. And DUIs were down quite a bit. Um, so it's, everything's trending the... The, the way um, we want it to. It's not like we don't have proactive officers that are highly motivated. It's that we're not finding the, the problems. So that's it, amazing. It, hopefully we can continue the trend. Chief, are you happy with this shift and, and kind of seeing that community policing uh, strategy uh, that you implemented when you took office, how, how it's kind of taking, and I don't want to jinx it, <laughs> which is one reason why I haven't talked about it up to this point. But I mean, are we really seeing that take place? Oh, I think absolutely. And, and again, like the captain said, it has really come down to that partnership with the community and it's not a us versus them mentality. We have to all be in this together because everyone out there wants to sit, wants to live in a safe, vibrant community. doesn't matter what your occupation is. I guess I shouldn't say that if you're a criminal, if that's your only <laughs> occupation, maybe yeah. not so much, but I mean, but if, everyone who lives in this town lives here because of the quality of life that we have established as a community. It's not one person or one entity that's responsible for that. It really is a partnership. And we really want the, the, you know, everyone out there to understand that the police department's philosophy is that we're in this together and we want to be a resource to help everyone in the community make it what it is and make it better every day of the week. You know, one in our mission statement is to positively affect the quality of life of our of our community members. That's just the you know the philosophy we live by, and the only way to do that is to reach out and read and and see what we can do as a resource, what we can do in partnerships with other entities across there, whether it's you know retail stores, whether it's restaurants, um, any kind of establishment that's having an issue. What can we do together to make to solve these problems? That's the only way that we're going to make a positive impact. And so that's what we continually strive for. And we stress that to our, to our officers from every level of the agency. You know, this is our job is to work in partnership. And oftentimes, you know, we still have that enforcement component of our job and that will never, ever go away. Um, but when it comes to problem solving, we have to be problem solving oriented and really minded that, that, you know, we can't do this by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that hiring based on character, uh, something that I, I really like that takes place down at the department. I've, I've had an opportunity to speak with some of the officers, just even on the street, and uh, a lot of character there. Yeah, and I mean, everyone, everyone's of high character, whether it's our newest lieutenant, Danny Keller, and James Hill, all the way down to our newest hire. All we're testing on is character. Um, obviously, once you get progress through the ranks, it's, there's a lot of policing knowledge, but if you don't pass the character component, of our process, then you're either not going to get hired or you're not going to get promoted. And, and we apply that same standard to not only sworn officers, but our communications technicians, our, our civilian staff within the department through records and evidence. Same standard applies um, because we all have a vital component within the policing structure. So we have to have like-minded individuals across the organization. Integrity. Integrity uh, without it, nothing yeah. else matters. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons we, we strongly 
know that um, the DUI numbers are probably because there aren't as many DUIs out there mm -hmm. because the people we're hiring are certainly proactive and they're looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a good, we feel like we're headed towards a, a better spot. And if everybody keeps doing their part. Yes. Especially you know. over the upcoming holiday season. Um, let's not, you know, a, a tragedy is a tragedy any time of year, but let's, yeah. let's not even get drunk and hit someone else's car and have them to have to deal with that over the holiday season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, or any other time, but especially this time of year. It's a great time of year, but there, it comes with a lot of stress. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just takes one person to, um, yep. self-absorbed person to ruin stuff for everyone else. Speaking of the department itself and new hires, and uh, there's been a lot of movement up there at the department. Um, now, what's changed? Well, we recently uh, moved Officer Aaron Hartman into the detectives division. So the detectives is uh, overseen by Lieutenant James Hill. And um, we've had a staffing has been a challenge across the country for law enforcement. It's been no different for us here in Sheridan. We're at a staffing level now where we could fill that, that detective's position. So um, Officer Harmon tested for it and was selected for, for appointment to the detective's role. Now, when it comes to that, what is the Criminal Investigations Division? Uh, the Criminal Investigations Division, uh, commonly known as detectives, um, they are responsible for investigating most of the, um, I don't know what the right term for it is, m more of the high-level high crimes that occur out there, the sex assaults, the homicides, um, child sex assaults, aggravated assaults, officer-involved shootings. They're, they're, so when you're talking about a crime that's got a lot more components, a lot more turning you know, wheels to it, they're the ones that will be the primary investigators in those types of situations. They're oftentimes these crimes that if they don't occur, uh, if they occur in, in the evening hours, they're on call all the time. So they'll call out to provide additional knowledge, additional resources to the patrol division um, that you know these long investigations are going to take a considerable amount of time to to investigate correctly and thoroughly. Um, that's what detectives are primarily responsible for. What are the initial requirements uh, for a patrol officer to move up into that division? Um, beyond having the character we look for, it's, um, it's performance. Um, we we uh, evaluate um, past performance because the best prediction, predictor of future performance is past performance. So in, in Aaron's case, um, he's been in, with the Sheridan Police Department for six years. He has a, a degree in cybersecurity. He's oh, wow. a, a Marine Corps veteran. And, but most impor importantly, he's shown the ability to um, uh, perform within the parameters of our de desired um, character traits and also to work extremely hard. Yeah. Um, he has very strong communication skills. Um, he, he's great when, when meeting with the public, but he's also um, very focused and he keeps his eye on the ball at all times. So we're really excited about him. Um, what he's going to, the major change for him is that he's going to have more time and some more resources to investigate cases. I mean, we always say an, an arson's a ag assault is a homicide is a DUI and investigations an investigation. We expect people to you just have to run down all leads. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no crime requires yeah, more than the but, other. But having yeah. said that, um, our detectives do get, um, extra training and in interviews which is probably the most important training we do for our investigators is just the ability to interview people and, and, and re read uh, responses they receive, but also um, yeah, homicide training. Um, Aaron is, I think the first training we have slotted for him is to um, be able to uh, download information in cell phones yeah. with a warrant. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
which is where his cybersecurity and computer science background will come in, um, be, be useful to him. So um, his major resource would be the, uh, is the, the sheer amount of time he has to pursue um, leads. What a fantastic resource uh, to be able to, and, and I can only imagine, I don't work in computers, but uh, I know people who do. And you do have to have an incredible amount of patience. <laughs> I think everybody can identify with that, having patience to go through all that stuff and 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 kind of decipher code. And, and cybersecurity is such a big issue nowadays. Yep. Um, and so it's great to know that we've got somebody down there who takes that seriously, could sit down and really go through and stuff. He's very well-rounded. He's also uh, our emergency vehicle op- operations instructor and a custody and control instructor. So he... he uh, is arriving at his position already well-rounded. Uh. Now, in the past, and, and I'll just make this a quick question, and I'm not saying that you do it with everybody, but has you two have been on the force for so long, and you've got so much road underneath you that are you able to really look at someone as they come in, they pass the character test, but you see something in them, uh, you're like, you know what, that individual will probably end up being a detective. I can see it. Well, I, I tell you, we've talked about it many times that some of the people we're hiring right now, I'm like, I'm very thankful that I didn't test at the same time as them. Oh, <laughs> um, we, the, the, there, there are some very impressive um, officers within our department that come with just that, that uh, yeah, that insight that that's required to do this job effectively. And they're just very driven individuals who possess uh, amazing skills and amazing character that's, that makes them a very valuable asset to our department. Uh, you know, it, I, it's, it's a, you do see that once in a while. And, and I'm not as integral in, in that, uh, the initial, I, you know, I, I do the final interview, but, it, but, uh, you know, talking to the captain and lieutenants that they're like, Danny, you Keller, see that. Hill and I conduct the initial interviews and not only, we don't even look at it from the stance of, do I want to supervise or lead this person? We look at it from the stance, would we want, to work with this person ah, yeah. because they are yeah. applying for an entry-level position. Then we put ourselves into the shoes of not only with our current um, line officers and corporals and sergeants, um, but to see how we compare them to the people we already have because the people we have are successes. Um, so the people we're hiring are very similar, not not necessarily in looks or personality, but in tra- character traits yeah. to, the, to the successes that we already have. We used to have that question all the time in the service. It, would would you be in the foxhole it, with him? It's our form of a peer review. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we, 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 we don't have officers on the boards, um, on the interview panels, but we put ourselves in the shoes of the officers. What I, and, would, and would the, I want this individual yeah. as so my partner what's watching different, my when back. When we were hired, the, um, the interview panel was all civil service commissioners. Oh, wow. Um, who did a fantastic job, although... I fell through the cracks, um, <laughs> but um, but 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 now it, it's all the the scores are coming from sworn officers. Sometimes we'll have a sergeant and corporals um, participate. This the uh, uh, monitored, yeah, or audit the, the, the process so that so they know um, what the process is. But it's um, the reason we're getting the, these high quality people is from I think from our per- version of a peer review. Um, yeah, it's like not only can you answer a question, um, but well, it fit in. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, each question is geared to identify a specific trait. Yeah. But there are, there are no police questions on it. That's amazing. Yeah. So most of them are all geared towards yeah. that tell character. Us, tell us about a time. Oh, this happened, yeah. Or tell yep. us about a time that happened. And, and what was your reaction? Yes. Yeah. 
That's fascinating. And, and it's great to know we've got such fine officers down there. And we'll continue talking about this more with the Sheridan Police Department when we return. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Shelter Rammer. I'm asking for your vote on November 8th for School District 2 trustee. I'm an honest, bold voice for parents, students, and teachers. I want to encourage a parent-teacher partnership and keep community values in the classroom. I will ensure that there is accountability and transparency with board meetings, policies, and funding. I will find real solutions by making time, space, and compromise for the public. Visit ShelterForSheridan.com, paid for by Shelter for Sheridan. One of First Federal Bank and Trust's core values is honesty and integrity above all else to do the right things for their staff, customers, and community. First Federal has been investing in our community for 87 years. We invite you to bank with us and see for yourself the positive impact a local bank makes on our community. First Federal Bank and Trust, our values drive our business. Online at efirstfederal.bank. Member FDIC. Ever feel like the traditional Republican's only job is to lose gracefully? They talk about small government and low taxes, and then they compromise away our republic. When Democrats win, we get skyrocketing inflation and the sexualization of our children. Maybe, like me, you're fed up. It's high time we stood up for traditional values and the conservative policies that we know are effective and that benefit all of us. I'm Ken Pendergraft. I am the Republican for Wyoming House District 29, and I need your vote to help end politics as usual. Together, we can put Wyoming back on the right track and set an example for our nation. We can lead the way back to prosperity. This message is paid for by the committee to elect Ken Pendergraft to House District 29. I am Ken Pendergraft, and I approve of this message. You should, too. Let's talk about tires. Think about the snowy, icy roads ahead. And now think about your current worn-out tires. How safe does that make you feel? Well, lucky for you, Midas Tire and Auto has their best tire sale all year going on now. Buy three tires, get one free. That's 25% off. And the best part is if you aren't ready to put your tires on right now, Midas will hold them until you're ready. How great is that? Don't miss the big tire sale going on now till November 15th at Midas Tire and Auto in Sheridan. This week on the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast, we go through a couple MLB news and notes as the World Series rolls on. The Brooklyn Nets in the NBA, unmitigated disaster. Woof, we talk about that. And then the NFL, we recap week eight and some crazy NFL trade deadline fiascos that happened during the episode. So make sure you tune in to the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast on sharedmedia.com, podcastwyoming.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. In the studio with me this morning is the chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and Captain Tom Ringley. We're discussing the promotions that have taken place over at the SPD. Uh, now, there's uh, we've been talking about a couple different uh, divisions, uh, becoming a detective, which is a big move. A lot of responsibility comes with that position. But there's also another department that 
bears just as much responsibility, especially when it comes to individuals having to go to court or gather evidence. Records. Could you tell me a little bit about the records uh, division or records department? I'm not sure. So, yeah, the the records division is responsible for all the filings of all the paperwork within the organization. And I'm talking not just police reports, but I'm talking when there's invoices for purchases, um, public records requests. They have a large responsibility in the organization and and making sure that um, each morning they come in, they they. All the police reports that were approved, they, they do final checks on those, ones that need routed to the different entities, the county attorney, city attorney, um, wow. probation and parole, any other outside agencies that we worked on a case together with. They look over all of those police reports, ensure that every citation, every affidavit, every photograph, every recording, er- everything that's associated with that investigation is attached and sent to the appropriate agency for the continuation of, of of the case through prosecution. Um, they look at every single one of them, make sure all the involvements uh, are correct. Involvements being the people involved, vehicles involved, any tables and, and coding that needs done. You know, there's a NIBRS is a national incident based reporting system, which is what we report all crime to. It used to be UCR uniform crime reports and they've shifted to NIBRS, which is the national incident based reporting system. I probably got that acronym wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll get corrected by records when I get down there, <laughs> yeah. trust me. They'll say you uh, straight. And so they have got to have extensive knowledge in what things need coded and what things need reported in what area because there's there's parameters to report a, let's say, for instance, a sex assault. And, and, and there's so many different variables that are involved in just that crime, but all the circumstances surrounding that get reported to the FBI for for national crime reporting. Yeah. They, they've got a lot of knowledge, a lot of um, knowledge of our, of our report management system is integral and, and uh, just a lot of different things. So this August, mid-August, we were fortunate to hire Julie Hyde in, into records. Julie came to us, great experience. Um, she was a Navy veteran, spent time in the Navy, um, and then worked with the Aurora Police Department and uh, with the Westminster Police Department, both as a police officer and as a records technician. So she wow. comes with a wealth of experience in, in the industry. And um, has just, she's in the middle, well, about to complete her training, and is just doing a fantastic job. It's been a great addition to the department. And, and Captain, the the importance of making sure that the logistics uh, and, and all the evidence is compiled correctly before you send it over to the prosecutor to carry on the case. Yes. Uh, that's a lot of responsibility. It, it is, even just getting the reports out. Um, their, their Monday mornings are very hectic because they coming off what is usually a busy weekend for us. And they, the first thing they have to do is get everything to the, the prosecuting attorney's offices so that they know what happened and what they're about to address um, in either municipal or, um, or circuit court. So they, that's once again, it's a matter of fitting in. Julie fits in fantastic with um, Kat Hurstman and Jerome Smith. Um, they laugh a lot. As far as I can tell my office, is the hallway, <laughs> but, but they also get, they, they, they get their tasks done. We've never addressed them for um, any even satisfactory work. Everything they do is excellent. Yeah. Um, it t- takes a certain amount of person that can stay very focused, probably more focused than a lot of officers can. Yeah, yeah, like a, and, a heightened sense of yes, it. Yeah, and, 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 and just get, get, make, like the, the chief said, make sure all the data is um, entered properly and is getting disseminated to the appropriate places. You know, I I have a brother in the military who uh, 
now he he is the shooting instructor for the Wyoming National Guard shooting team. Hmm. Uh, he also trains our soldiers of the year. But before he got into that position, for years he was in logistics. And, you know, you think about joining the military, throwing the uniforms on, joining the police force, throwing the uniform on. You think adventure, you know, a, a little bit of uh, excitement and maybe some like a lot of adrenaline. But then there's the individuals who really pay attention to the, that, the other kind of work where the officers on the ground and the troops in the field wouldn't be able to do their jobs yeah. without those I mean, folks. we both um, love patrol because we went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and they're all different things, so there, there's no routine. Um, and I'd probably be miserable um, staying focused on one, one thing. One thing, yeah. One, one thing with, with data and, and procedures. It's like I like, love, we both love long, drawn-out investigations um, because you're doing something different within the investigation. You're talking to different people. Um, you're looking at different evidence. You're conducting uh, specific tasks with, within the to, to, to meet a goal. But the, these guys are just amazing in, in their focus um, and their attention to detail. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing too. Yeah, the absolute attention to detail when it comes to filing some of these reports. I can imagine they, they're they're almost like editors of a, of a newspaper. To be honest with yes, you, going yeah. through these reports and making sure that the data is clear and making sure that it's accurate. And if there's if there's corrections need made, they they send them back for review and for corrections if they, you know, they're out there. So it's, yeah, it's critical. With that. Their job is critical. And, and being in, in, in a division like that, everything that you compile, you know, is going to go on to either prove someone's innocence or get a good conviction, uh, a good solid conviction on a case. Yep. And so you read, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with those positions. And we greatly uh, appreciate those individuals yeah, who quick, have that mindset. Year to date, there are zero errors for uh, data we submit to the FBI. Really? Fantastic. Yeah, that is they've fantastic. They've got a 100% track record going already. So, that And it's a new system with the learning curve. Um, we've been ahead of the curve the entire time, which is great. And yeah. it's all attributed to the, to the people we have in that division. That's absolutely amazing. Impressive team you guys have got there. Um, now, uh, before we go, I do want to ask about this new program that uh, is being offered by the Sheridan Police Department. If you've ever thought about being an officer, here's your chance. Reserve Police Officer Program. Could you give me just a quick summary of what this is? Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, this is actually a common practice in a lot of agencies across the country, but it's kind of new to this area. The reserve program is essentially a non-paid volunteer officer position. It it's uh, the selection for the position is is to the exact same standards as full-time uh, sworn officers. We go they go through the same testing and hiring process. But what this al- uh, what this does is it allows people who have that interest, have that same character drive, want to give back to the community, but maybe are very satisfied in their career, but just want to want that additional. I don't want to call it responsibility, but that additional opportunity to help out the community and have always been interested in law enforcement, they can come, they can go through our training program, which it's the way it's organized and set up. It, it can be a, up to a two-year process. Wow. Um, at which time you're doing different components of the exact same training through either field training, you know, our in-house training, academy training. And at the end of it, you are uh, essentially a sworn officer with full powers of arrest, just like any officer in uniform. Uh, and we, we ask that you come in and, and work a shift a month in different capacities, uh, whether it's call taking or, or most of the time it'll be in the uniform position with a patrol car doing patrol functions um, and, and 
just an opportunity for those that want to give back, and, yeah. but, but don't want to leave their current profession. Yeah, and we've had people in the community already ask about this. So, um, and and currently we're we're very fortunate is we're we're implementing this program with a former officer, um, Megan Phillips. Um, we're going to get the ball rolling with this one right now. She, uh, Megan um, was an officer for several years. It was a very high performer, very high character individual, and left for different reasons. And, and was but always still wants to get back and wants to be a part of the part of the team and. So she's gonna. We're gonna just get the ball rolling with with Megan. To, she's maintained her certification both as a dispatcher and as a, as a police officer, a reserve officer. So it'll be a pretty pretty smooth transition, I yeah, think. Yeah. But it's a good, just a good way to augment um, a especially on a busy weekend. You're anticipating a holiday weekend, a busy weekend, large scale event. Also, just to augment some of those weekends where you know we're we're maybe a, we have a. a shortage on this on the staffing due to illness or training or something like that and way to bring additional resources in to make sure that we ensure we're we're providing that public safety function that we need to fantastic program uh, how do i learn more um people can contact uh, lieutenant danny keller at 307-672-2413 we're, we're, i'll be uh posting more information on our uh facebook page as well in, in the coming weeks is uh, lieutenant keller going to be Kind of the the department yeah, head of he, this. He'd be the overseer. Yeah, he, he did a fantastic job. He he actually developed the policy, and he will o- oversee the program. You know, uh, I, I know very little of him, but uh, judging just by what I know of him, what a fantastic choice! He's been a top what a fantastic since choice. Day one. Uh, well, Chief Captain, thank you so much for coming in this morning. Uh, please be careful out there. Oh, it's always a pleasure and, having and you guys. And everyone else out there, too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. we got a storm coming. All right. When we come back, we're going to speak with the Johnson County Commission Chair, Bill Novotny. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share. Hi, this is Chance Harris. And I'm Laura Wichick. Did you know Harker Mellinger provides services to help you with your payroll and accounting problems or business concerns? Schedule an appointment today to discuss how our professional staff can find the solutions that work best for you. Harker Mellinger has been providing quality service for Sheridan area businesses for over 37 years. Remember, you get our exclusive fixed fee, one monthly fee, unlimited phone calls and meetings. Call Harker Mellinger today, 672-0785. What would Christmas be without tradition? Without the comfort of home, the joy of family, and the smiles of children? Sheridan Media welcomes you to open your heart this year during the 25th Annual Christmas Wish Campaign. Due to temporary circumstances beyond their control, some families, friends, and neighbors will struggle to make ends meet, let alone have a Merry Christmas. It is tradition for the Christmas Wish Campaign to bring the spirit of the holidays to those individuals. In the past, we have assisted several people with everything from bills to food, clothing, Christmas trees, and toys for children. Please send your Christmas wish nominations and donations to P.O. Box 5086 Sheridan or submit them online at SheridanMedia.com as soon as possible. All wishes must be submitted in writing and must include your name and phone number. There are follow-up questions our committee will need to have answered to properly assess each wish. Wishes must be received by Friday, November 25th. Partners for this year's Christmas wish campaign are Atlas Chiropractic, First Federal Bank and Trust, Heartland Kubota, Advanced Auto Body, A-Line Roofing and Exteriors, and Wyoming Corporate Office. 
Sheridan Orthopedic Associates continues its over 50-year tradition of surgical excellence in Northeast Wyoming and Southern Montana with the addition of Dr. Jory Wasserberger, a Wyoming native, and fellowship trained at the Mayo Clinic in Orthopedic Sports Medicine. Dr. Wasserberger joins a team of highly rated surgeons providing spine, sports, hand, hip, knee, and shoulder surgery, joint replacement, and more, including emergency care 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit us at SheridanOrtho.com to learn more. Every four years, the citizens of Sheridan County have the opportunity to vote on the county's general purpose excise tax, known as the one cent optional. This tax is used to benefit every community throughout our county on things from social and health services to public facilities and infrastructure, including parks and pathways. For more information on the tax, please contact your elected officials or visit at SheridanCountyOneCent.com and vote on November 8th. Message paid for by Sheridan County. Welcome back to Public Pulse. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by the chair of the Johnson County Commission, Mr. Bill Novotny. Good morning, Chairman. Hey, good morning, Floyd. It's always great to talk with you. Oh, I, I, I greatly appreciate you uh, uh, giving us a ring. Uh, it sounds like there's going to be a bit of a storm over in uh, the Buffalo neck of the woods. Uh, is everybody prepared for snow? Well, I, I sure hope so, and I hope everybody will take a chance to revisit. We've got the county snow removal policy. Uh, it's posted on the bridge site. It's on the county website. I'm going to pump it out here in just a little bit on, on my commissioner Facebook page. But remember that our first priority is to get those bus routes open, to get those kids to school, uh, and then they start working on those other roads. Uh, back off, give those clouds some space so that they can do their work uh, in uh, if it's a bad day, uh, maybe consider staying off the road so they can have some time to work. Absolutely. Uh, I know how, how quickly <laughs> the situation can change. You go to bed and uh, everything's good. Wake up and uh, you're gonna, you, you look outside and you know you're going to have a long drive ahead of you. Uh, you recently helped hand some candy out at the Monster March over there in Buffalo. How was the <laughs> event this year? You know, it was fantastic, and, and we appreciate uh, the Buffalo Chamber of Commerce taking the lead on that. Our estimates are somewhere in the round of, of 900 kids uh, came by the, the courthouse, uh, usually by about 950 pieces of candy, and there wasn't much left to uh, put out on the treasurer's counter after we were done. So that's just a, a wonderful event. Of course, all of the businesses in the community, whether they're on Main Street or, or elsewhere, come down and participate in that. You get the VFW, the American Legion, all these wonderful groups that want to give kids just a positive uh, experience and an opportunity to show off their great costumes. So uh, I sure hope that we can keep all those kids in our school system because it would mean good things for uh, all the sports programs. Uh, if we can graduate all those kids that came through the Monster March because, wow, uh, it was sure a great crop of kids. Now, uh, did, you, did you wear a costume, sir? I, I did not. I, I have to say I was a little bit lame, uh, and I, I was dressed dressed as an adult. But uh, the the treasurer's office uh, were were all dressed up uh, uh, as Jane Carr, uh, one of our longtime county employees. Jane has, I think, over forty two years of service uh, to the county, and so uh, everybody in the treasurer's office dressed up as Jane. So uh, it, it was kind of a fun day at the courthouse. 
Out sir, in just six days, people will cast their votes on a number of candidates and issues uh, within all the various counties. There are a couple ballot questions that voters might not be familiar with. What can you tell us about this Amendment A and Amendment B, and just what are they linked to? All right, well, I'm going to start with the easy one first, which is Amendment B. And within Wyoming law, we have what's called uh, the judge's senility rule, and it forces judges to retire when they hit age 70. Uh, And we've got a lot of great judges who are at 70 who want to serve just a few more years on the bench. And uh, it's getting harder and harder to recruit uh, folks to to do that. And so uh, this would amend the, the state constitution to allow folks to serve until they're 75. And, you know, we're not talking about these lifetime appointments like you see uh, on the federal bench or the Supreme Court where you get these uh, judges who can't uh, or or have have reached time when they probably should hang it up. Uh, We get the pleasure of every four years voting to retain uh, or reject our, our justices. And so this would just allow them to serve a couple more years before they face mandatory retirement. So I'd encourage everybody to not skip that uh, question because if you don't fill it out, it's the same thing as a no vote. Uh, And and so that's really important. The second uh, and and a little bit more difficult to explain uh, is Amendment A. And what this would do is allow cities, towns, counties, and special districts uh, to have more cash management options uh, for money that we hold, whether it's in reserve or our our daily cash, to do the same things that the state of Wyoming does, which is to put some monies into equities and a a few more options uh, as we work to try to get a little better rate of return on that money that then gets pushed back out uh, into our communities uh, to pay for projects. So um, that's a pretty simplified way. Uh, A couple years ago, uh, Johnson County and other counties pushed the legislature to create what's called WyoSAR 2 uh, and to allow the state uh, to invest in equities and get a better rate of return. Uh, and now we want that same option for cities, towns, counties, and special districts. It, does this amendment have uh, quite a bit of support uh, from uh, the various uh, leadership organizations in Wyoming? Well, it, it does. It has uh, WAM, which is Wyoming Association of Municipalities, is in support. The County Commissioners Association uh, is some support, but some of the, the treasurers have some concerns, which what's nice about this, if this uh, is passed, uh, it's got to go back to the legislature to set up the parameters for the program, uh, and it's not mandatory. So if a, a city or a county treasurer doesn't feel comfortable uh, with some of these cash options, they don't have to use them. Mm. Uh, and, and I look at it, um, it just gives Everybody, one more tool in the toolbox as we try to do our fiduciary responsibility uh, and and take care of taxpayer money. Well, I greatly appreciate you explaining those. Um, I myself had not even heard about that program, and so now I'm I'm a little more informed as I get ready to walk into the ballot uh, to fill up my ballot. Now, since you and I last talked, there has been a ribbon cutting at the skilled nursing facility. <laughs> Uh, that sounded like it was pretty fun. Uh, our own Aaron Palmer was up there giving us great coverage. What's next? Uh, who attended uh, this uh, big ribbon cutting? You know, it was great. Obviously, uh, Governor Gordon was there. Uh, several uh, members of the other, uh, our, our state treasurer was there, Kurt Meyer. 
very uh, good representation in the Wyoming legislature. Uh, really thank you to uh, Senator Kinski and, and Representative Mark Kenner, who came over from Sheridan for that uh, dedication. Representative Kenner obviously uh, was on uh, one of the committees. He was on the, the conference committee that, that helped get the bill to the finish line. I remember standing in, in the Jonah building with him with the signed conference report saying that we were going to get to build that facility here in Buffalo uh, and, and just what a great experience it was uh, to be there with him and helping that last little bit to get it over the way. Boy, we're sure going to miss his leadership in the legislature next year. Uh, he is a, a great and honorable man, and we wish him and his family more uh, more time to be together. But uh, just wonderful to be there and touch that. They, they let the oldest resident of the Wyoming Veterans Home, who's uh, 102, actually cut the ribbon, and he jokingly said after that he might go look at the facility because he might want to stay there someday. <laughs> 102 years old. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, now, what's next for the, the Veterans Home? Well, they've, they've got to finish up uh, some work on, on Cottage One, uh, and then they'll go through a, some inspection process uh, with fire and life safety and other things so that they can get occupancy ready, and then they'll start to put the staff in place. And, and hopefully we'll start to see some residents in, in those cottages uh, before the first of the year. And what uh, is kind of flying a little bit under the radar, and again, thanks to the legislature for the foresight of putting aside the match money and, and putting in the federal grant uh, to the Department of Veterans Affairs, but uh, the request to actually remodel and rebuild the domiciliary next. Oh, so, wow. uh, you know, uh, 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 really a big undertaking. You've got uh, buildings over there that are inadequate for the care of our veterans. Uh, there is, is an elevator that regularly breaks down that makes it hard uh, for some of the veterans to get to their rooms because they have mobility issues. You have some veterans up there who don't have their own bathrooms. Uh, and, and I think that those folks deserve those little things that give them that little bit more dignity uh, as they're um, living out the, the, the life and, and being repaid for their service. So it's just so critical uh, that, that we get the final funding from the Veterans Administration and then begin the process of working on really rebuilding that. This was a project that was identified several years ago by the state of Wyoming uh, as a top priority. They went and, and fixed the deficiencies they had at the state hospital. Uh, then they went to the Life Resource Center in, in Lander and addressed some major issues at that campus. And now it's time to, to finish out the work at the, the veterans' home and, and get the domiciliary uh, up to standards that it needs to be so that those veterans who aren't quite ready for skilled nursing uh, have a wonderful place to, to live and, and recreate and, and be part of our community. Absolutely. Uh, I look forward to uh, seeing some of those improvements being done out there. Uh, I've been out to that facility a, a couple of times just covering news stories. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that could probably do with a, a little bit of work for the guys and girls who were calling that place home. Uh, like you said, they certainly deserve it. Uh, sir, we've only got about four minutes left, but I did want to ask you, because we didn't get a lot of time to cover some of the upcoming bills that you may be watching uh, before we go to legislation uh, next year, you've always been great about helping folks to understand some of these more complicated issues. What bills will you be watching go through committees, and what bills have you helped uh, uh, develop this year? Well, 
the commissioners association, the treasurers and the assessors association are, are obviously all watching property taxes. We know that's on everybody's minds. I watched my own property taxes go up 36 wow. percent. Uh, you're dealing with inflation on top of that. And, and so it, it's making for some difficult decisions as you're balancing the checkbook each month. So uh, the, the revenue committee is going to meet in a, a few days and kind of finalize their recommendations to start the process of, of getting some property tax reform. So uh, that be first and foremost on, on my mind. And uh, as they get their bills finalized uh, at that last meeting, uh, when we visit in December, Floyd, I'll, I'll update you and your listeners on what they've decided. And, and just remember that that doesn't mean that some of the legislators uh, can't bring their own fixes to the property tax system. Uh, and I really I want to thank the legislators who have taken a real interest in this. And I want to thank the legislators who've taken the time to actually visit with their county treasurer, uh, visit with their county assessor uh, and their commissioners who uh, are responsible for following the state statutes, uh, even though we may not like the way they read uh, when it comes to property taxes and how the process works, whether it's a property tax protest through the Board of Equalization and all of those things. And it's always great when when the legislators actually take the time to talk to the people that are going to be tasked with uh, enforcing whatever the system is. So uh, hats off to those that are, are willing to put in the time and do the research and um, to the ones that don't and, and like to spout off things, I, I encourage them to pick up the phone and, and talk to a, an assessor, a treasurer, or a commissioner, because we've got great ideas. Absolutely. Uh, now, uh, for those individuals out there who may feel like they're powerless, uh, I've always wanted folks to know that they're not. Um, what would you advise to them when it comes to addressing this issue and their local legislators? Well, uh Pick up the telephone. Uh, talk to Representative Crago, uh, Senator Kinski. Uh, if you don't live in, in their district, uh, the other senators, whether it's Senator Beitman or the other couple of representatives that cover the Sheridan area, visit with them about your concerns. If you don't have time to talk to them on the phone, send them an email. But if they don't hear from you directly, uh, sometimes they, they miss key points. And, uh, you know, we all want to be activists and, and uh, remember that, being an activist doesn't mean just posting something on, on a social media site. Actually taking the time to visit with your legislators uh, about your concerns, that's the best way to be involved. And you'll find that these folks are, are dedicated. They live in our communities. They care, uh, and they're willing to listen if you're willing to sit down and talk to them. Absolutely. Sir, I want I greatly appreciate you giving us a ring. Uh, I'm glad you had fun during Monster March, and thank you for keeping us informed on that skilled nursing facility. I'm extremely happy that uh, she's opened up now. Well, I'm glad. And, you know, Floyd, you as a veteran, uh, it's the least we can do. And I hope that, uh, you know, you never want somebody to need a facility like that. But I hope you realize it's there for you and, and your family because it's open to you and your spouse, uh, Gold Star families. So it's not just the veterans. And uh, that asset is now there for you, Floyd. Thank you, sir. Greatly appreciated. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share it in. Are you retiring, leaving your job, or considering a career change? If so, you may find yourself with a sizable sum of money saved in your retirement plan. Because this money could play such an important role in your future, it's important to know your options. 
Let me help sort out your options so you can make the right choice for you. Call me today, Patrick Johnson at Stiefel, 672-3434. Stiefel Investments, member SIPC and NYSE. Your Sheridan Junior Hawks are back at home on Saturday night for the second night of a two-game set with the Gillette Wild at the Whitney Rink in the M&M Center. Beat the rush. Get there early. Gates open at 6.30. They drop the puck at 7.30. Admission is $10 for adults, $8 for seniors, students, and military. Kids born under are free. Be part of the excitement of hockey with your Sheridan Junior Hawks at home Saturday night as they take on the Gillette Wild. This is Riata Cook, Miss Rodeo, Wyoming 2023. I would like to invite you to my coronation fundraiser on Saturday, November 5th at the Best Western. Come enjoy a tour of Italy dinner, drinks, a silent and live auction, and finish the night off dancing to Tris Munzik and the Innocents. To get tickets, go to MissRodeoWyoming.com. If you would like to donate an auction item or become one of my personal sponsors, email me at Riata, that is R-E-A-T-A, at MissRodeoWyoming.com. Purchase tickets at MissRodeoWyoming.com. Wild Renovation understands that all situations are different, and they want you to know that they're judgment-free. No matter the state of your home, if you're looking to get out from under it or just want to walk away due to the amount of work that it needs, Wild Renovation is here to help. They'll look at any home, no matter the condition, and make you an offer. Get money for your home without involving a realtor. Learn more at wildrenovation.com or find them on Facebook. You bagged your trophy elk. Now imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now. The McTeacher Knights are coming back to McDonald's on Coffee and Avenue. That's right. Tomorrow night, Thursday, November 3rd, 5 to 8 p.m., come into McDonald's on Coffee and Avenue, have a great meal, and a portion of the proceeds will benefit Bighorn Elementary. You'll be served by some of your favorite teachers, administrators, and, of course, the great McDonald's team. It's back. McTeacher Night, tomorrow night, 5 to 8 p.m., benefiting Bighorn Elementary School. McTeacher Night will be at the Coffee and Avenue location only. 103.9 FM is News Talk 930, KROE, Sheridan. KROE. 